This ain't one of them times you can slide by what you say that you're gonna do. Put your money up, run that face, I'm just showing proof. You know the vibes, huh? Nah? Ain't got no ways up in my guys. I clown in the day, gone in the mind, yana. I've been on fire lately. Train my spirit, mind, and body daily. Victory is sweet, that's the science, baby. It's only right we represent from Tampa to Tally. And keep the pressure on these eyes, they call you lacking. Till you flopping on the canvas, I'm bombing you, weaving. Unleashing the fury on your face while the audience screaming. Hope they got great seats or the pay per view. Let's get the breakdown from JDJQ. You know the vibes. Ding, ding. What is up, Boxing World? This is Boxing Vibes TV, and I'm your host, J-Box. We back, giving you the best analysis on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We out here. Let's get it. Let me go ahead and introduce the crew. We got JD in the building. Uh Uh-huh. As always, you already know it's 8-1 Trey all day. We got your boy Q in the building. What's good, everybody? All right, let's go get get it cracking with the pod quote of the day. Hey, pod quote of the day, man, and I'm going I'm to go ahead and do a little shout out uh, to a video that was sent to me by uh, Q of the crew not long ago, man. It was a little funny uh, by none other than Terrence uh, Bud Crawford, who was on IG Live, and it was a very simple quote, and we know that it was definitely a subliminal shot at somebody who pew, you pew, will pew. definitely know who is at, but he's on the beach, and he's uh, kicking his feet in the waves. You know, the other water just enjoying, you know, some some relaxation. Definitely far away from Omaha, Nebraska. He looked like he wasn't nowhere near Omaha, long Nebraska. Way. You know, long way from Omaha, from Nebraska. The they ain't got no beaches, do they? Yeah. <laughs> Not them <laughs> guys. Ain't got nothing over there. And he simply was saying, I'm going to just say the, a short snippet of the quote. And he simply said, what's a fish to a goat? And that is the pod quote of the day. Anything in the way. A can, dirt, go to eat anything. Mm. Straight up. Hey, so 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 I got one more favor of you, uh, uh to ask of you, JD. Could you go ahead and tell the people what to do? Uh-huh. And you're already down. If you already know my bad, I messed it up. I messed it up, man. Come if you're down on, with brother. the vibes. Come on, you know the man. Bell and subscribe. I messed it up, man, because I was about to give a shout out to all the people who subscribing lately, man. Oh, shout man. out to all of y'all, man. We growing pretty good, the man. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Getting, you know sure, what I'm saying? Man. Thanks we to small, everybody. but we strong and we growing. I like that. I appreciate y'all for checking us out. I mean, you know, some Please of y'all hate the light on button, there. Though, Leave man. little comments smash, there. Smash you know. the damn like button. Yeah, just hit the like button. Yeah. Let, let, hey, but we appreciate uh, even if I'm you talking to y'all too, too. We appreciate y'all letting us know how you <laughs> feel. You know what I'm saying? I ain't sharp as iron. With that being said, let's go ahead and get to it. Devin Haney remained undefeated against Jojo Diaz. Now, one could say this was a pillow fight, but you can't discredit somebody's power. I mean, Jojo Diaz is not known for his power. Neither is Devin Haney. But they put on a high intensity, high con- highly kinetic um, back and forth bout where, you know, you can arguably say both fighters got hurt. Um, it could be indicative of their chin more than their power, but it was definitely a high level boxing match between two really, really talented fighters. And once again, Devin Haney, the dream came out on top. So what more can you say? Go ahead, fellas. I'll kick it off the queue and see how you feel about it. You know, reactions, thoughts. Let's hear it. Well. It was an amazing fight, man. Um, honestly, what I what I came out of that fight saying, you know, and um, I expected this fight to 
I expect that Haney to win by UD, which he did, but it was a lot closer than I anticipated. And um, one thing about Haney that, that I've noticed, man, and I, you know, it changed my opinion on something I said last week. I feel like he he could outbox, he could, and he still could possibly outbox a lot of people in the, in, the, in the division, a lot of the top guys. But I don't know because one thing about Haney, the first the first three rounds, and it was it's crazy because it played out just how. Um, just how the game plan I think was supposed to be for uh for Diaz, um, far as his trainer or something, saying that he was going the first three rounds fill it out, fill him out, and then he was gonna go in there. You know, it basically upset upsets his power to see, you know what I'm saying? You know, fill him out the first, you know, the filler rounds, and then just like Clockwork, the fourth round, he had to close the gap and went and, and that's my thing about Devin Haney. He's so vulnerable in the phone booth. You know, he's so vulnerable. He dropped the guard. He could, he, he could get hit with all type of punches. And it was just like, I don't really even know what he could do different because, I mean, it wasn't the same punch. You know, he was getting hit with hooks. He was getting hit with, with straights, you know, left straights. He was getting, getting hit to the body. And I just feel like he, he he's going to have to just be able to control the distance better. You know what I'm saying? With his footwork. And, but the thing about it is even the jab, the best thing he did do, he jabbed to the body so amazingly. He hooked to the body, jabbed to the body. He went to the body very well. But I feel like um, my man had – I think he, he had the high guard. He had the high, high guard, you know, that was basically taking that jab away. Um, I was looking for him to throw the hook around and hook and hit a, around the guard. But, you know, he, he was he was eventually – he split the guard. He, um, he started splitting the guard sometimes. But um, he don't really – he not – you know, I just feel like the power – any top fighter he fight that has power – they get him inside the pocket, man. He's vulnerable to get hit, and I just feel like if Joe, if Joe, Jojo Diaz had enough power, I don't feel like Henny would have won that fight. I'm gonna just be honest with you, you know, yeah. because yeah. I feel like uh, Diaz landed the more effective punches, like the clean. I feel like his punches affected uh, Haney more so than Haney punches affected him. From what I he, saw, he landed the more thudding shots. That he that landed the more thudding good. shots. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was it was an amazing fight, and Haney had you know you know he was up on the scorecards. I think um, maybe the first three rounds definitely he had in the books. Um, but he you know he he won a fight, and um, that's pretty much what I got, man. I'm just um, it made me just I don't know. I'm a little, I'm scared. I'm scared for Haney, <laughs> man. You know, just like we talked about uh, plenty of times about his power. I just feel like he has pretty good. He has good defense and good movement, but I just feel like. His lack of power is is a liability to his defense because somebody's going to and, and even um Diaz said I I take one or two of them to get in there and get you know what I'm saying that's, that's I mean said. that's the way Diaz fought yeah and that's what anybody's going to do they they going you know they feel like they take they can take his power they are going to get in there and um you know so Haney got to do a better job on the inside he got to do a better job man. It, it won't hurt the elbow I mean you, um, you know you could get one five you know you know as I was watching the fight. Um, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. I got a different I my my views on Haney sort of shifted after watching this fight. You know, I was one of those people who, you know, similar to kind of what, what Q just mentioned, where I really didn't like the lack of power that I saw from Devin Haney. But as I was watching the fight, you know, I fell back and I, I kind of started to really realize that at this point, Haney is who he is. And I think he's a fighter that I'm no longer going to worry about his power because I think even Haney knows that he doesn't have exceptional power. I think him and his whole team at this particular moment know that that'll never really be 
um, an, an asset to his game is having that one punch knockout power. Now, what I do give Haney credit for is I give him a lot of credit in fighting against a southpaw that at least early on, he showed some pretty good boxing skill for someone uh, fighting a decent southpaw like Jojo Diaz. A lot of people don't understand that it's definitely pretty difficult if you're not used to it, handling a solid southpaw when you're an orthodox fighter. And a lot of people don't didn't really see the, the footsies that I call it footsies that they were playing early on in the fight where, you know, when an orthodox and a southpaw fighter, you're both trying to establish your front foot. And I will give Devin Haney credit where he did a great job early on. Now, again, to your point, Q, late Devin Haney really does start to wane when the conditioning and late in the fight, things start to wear on. You don't see the same things you see early, but I will say at least early on in the fight, he did an excellent job of, of establishing his front foot and kind of outboxing Jojo Diaz in, in, in enough spurts that get, that put him up on the cards. Now, I will say right now at this point, I'm not really stressed over Haney, Haney's lack of power, but only if he stays at 135 pounds. So, so long as he stays at 135, I'm not overly worried about the power. I think he might be in some tough fights. I think we might even see Devin Haney get shook. But I could still, but I think we all could still see him, you know, maybe be in the mix against some fighters where maybe they might rock him, but maybe not put Haney all the way out of there. Now, where I would become worried is if he ever gets to a point where he grows bigger and steps into the 140-pound division. He's a, he's a or, big lightweight. Right. So if he ever goes to 140 or higher, then I, I would have a little bit of concern about Devin Haney. But at this point, man, I think it was an excellent fight by both fighters. I think he did enough to outbox Jojo Diaz. And at this point, man, I'm going to salute Devin Haney and his team. Um, shout out to him for putting on a decent performance. I'm not overly really going to worry about the power anymore as of now. So long as he stays at 135, even if he gets in there, he fights a Lomachenko or any of those other fighters. I think they probably don't have enough to get him out of there. Um, as of right now, y'all tell me if there's another 135 pound, especially with T.O. moving up to 140. If there's somebody else with really that kind of thudding power that might yeah. rock him out of there. But I, I personally think that he will be OK. Just my opinion. <laughs> I think he'll be OK outside of Tank Davis. I personally think everybody in the landscape of 135, Devin could at least get through 12 rounds with them without being being knocked out. And that's that's a good point you made um, about about uh because when when you think about it um you know he was rocked he was rocked by the punch with by my man George, who's it um Jorge Linares, but Jose Jorge Linares did drop Lomachenko. Right, mm -hmm. he dropped Lomachenko, which. Even um, Tiafimo, which is supposed to be the, the hardest, he, he didn't drop him. You but but now I will say, though, too, now I will say with the Jorge Linares, he didn't go yeah, I mean, we talked about that, how he didn't step on the gas. He had Haney rocked yeah, Haney for right. some in inexplicable reason. Yeah, I, I, I still to so who day, knows? I, 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 I go with the conspiracy theory that Jorge Linares bet, uh, <laughs> had a side bet that the fight was going to go to distance. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, it's, it's inexplicable why no. he didn't jump on him. I mean, it could be conditioning. I could be just imagining things, but I, 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 I nah, ask but anybody to go back and watch after he got him hurt. Um, 
Linares's inactivity and explain that somehow in a in a way in a in a way that makes sense in boxing. Um, I, I I'll disagree with JD on one thing. If we've seen anything with Cambosis and To, just because we don't know the guy doesn't mean they're not out there. But I will say some of them are out there. If you look at a Richard Comey, he got power, right? Um, and he's a long guy that can catch Devin Haney on the way out. Um, look at a guy like Nakatani, who's very durable. Um, lost by accumulation of punches and pinpoint punches by Lomachenko. Um, and, and, and if you look at a guy like Jojo Diaz, who doesn't have a lot of power, that did buzz, um, and he admits so, uh, Devin Haney, you think about the angles that a Lomachenko could show, and it's the punches that you don't see coming. Right, and the, the and, and the way Lomachenko poured it on against Teo, I could imagine with Devin Haney fading the way he has shown the last two fights against competition when he stepped it up. I, I think the biggest thing that worries me is you can have a suspect chin and have a lot of power. You can have a little bit of power, but you got to be like Timothy Bradley and have a Rinching. great chin. He has neither. So to your point, Q, about the phone booth or, or, or on in the inside, if he can fight a guy that has a decent power, because jo- Jojo Diaz had a less than fifty percent knockout rate. Let, let, let's let's you know it, he, he he's not knocking you know people out like that. But if you get a guy who's game, I don't know if he's making it out of 135 unscathed if he doesn't make some changes. You can't get more power overnight. You can't get uh, a better chin overnight. So I'm not saying that. I'm just meaning the way he would pull out and then get touched or when it gets later in fights, his ability to to, to just stay in the pocket and still operate without getting touched, it, 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 it decreases to an extent where he's getting touched and he's getting hurt. So 135, I think he'll be okay at 135. But then again, I don't think I will see him fighting a Nakatani, a Comey, um, guys who may not be at his skill level. Because I think the two, as far as skill level, that are guys that are left in lightweight, I think Devin Haney and Lomachenko are the two most skilled guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a... 50- you know Loma ain't, ain't about to rock him like that. Yeah, but but see, the thing you got to worry about with Loma, and that's why I say it's the angle, it's the punches you don't see coming. Well, we know Loma's not that type of puncher, yeah, but he can have that type of angle. And late in a fight, if Jojo Diaz, who considerably has less power than Lomachenko, just because if you look at the knockout ratio, um, you may look at it and you may not think it, you know, of course, the first seven, eight rounds, we're not expecting a flash knockdown for Lomachenko or a knockout. But once he starts to pour it on, like you see with Tio, and like you said, JD, he fades towards the back end of a fight. I could see him being put down by Lomachenko, and then the onslaught comes on, and they got to call it. So I I tend to agree with you more so than I disagree with Haney being able to survive 135 without too much, but they're going to have to keep guiding his career um, much like a lot of the lightweights are getting their career guided. And and I'll, I'll go ahead and let you respond. Yeah, no, no, all, all I would say is that I do think 
I just think that him and his team at a certain point, they're going to embrace the reality. I think right, at right, first, right. you know, I think they were kind of in denial about that reality of, of, of his power. You know, we all remember when <laughs> he literally face to face, wasn't he asking Jorge Linares? Hey, how my his ass off. How my power? Hey, man. Hey, I got a bone to pick with Jorge. How you going to lie to that man and go behind <laughs> his back and tell the truth? Hey, I almost want to say my man did the same. Well, I. I I saw him at a press conference saying that that he had power, that he had yeah. enough power. Uh-huh. And, and 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 to uh Haynes credit, his eye his eye was my man, I was almost closed, which you know, I'm like, okay, well. And, and, um, but 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 the thing is, he did say he had decent power. And yeah. like I say, he he might have stunted him or something. But um I, but then I read somewhere that he said he ain't had no power. So I don't know, man. You know how it goes. It whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately his team is is embracing that reality so I do think that what we're going to see from a Devin Haney over his career even though he's only you know 23 years of age still plenty of time to keep honing certain boxing skills he's going to be one of those fighters where with his ability that he has it's all going to boil down to how great of a boxer a true boxer he becomes I don't think any of us expect him to knock people out like that I think a lot of us feel like he can't be touched. So I, I think I think I'm one of those fans. I'm coming to a, a point where I'm like, you know what? This young kid, he is what he is when it comes to the power. And so I know at a certain point, we'll all people will always talk about the power, but at a certain point, he's just got to embrace what he is and he's got to become the best boxer possible. And to his credit, like you said, Q, I love the body work that he did. If oh, you're at least not gonna be a thudding, if you're at least not gonna be a thudding KO artist and really be able to rock people with one hit or quitters, you gotta at least be a fighter who's willing to invest in the body. And I do think that there were critical moments in that fight where his investment in the body of Jojo Diaz, Paid it off. took enough. It took enough out of Jojo that Jojo did just didn't have that extra reserve to catch Devin simply because of the body work. So if he does that, I mean, we'll see what, what, what plays out. But I agree with y'all. I mean, I don't think he has power. But I'm just at a point where, I mean, Devin is what he is. Let's see what shakes it with him as a boxer. Man, I almost wish he out. I, I almost want him and Ryan Garcia to fight, man. Even though I want him to go see if he get the, the unified, if, if that fight present itself in Australia, wherever that might be. I wanted to see all of them fight, but now, exactly. now, now, now that's not, we ain't going to get that. So I, I got one last question. I, I need y'all to make this quick. So do you all trust Devin Haney? Unified belts and all. Look, you know what? Let's fast forward. Okay. We're, it's, it's, it's springtime down under Cambosis Haney. We've had a good nine rounds. Do you trust Devin Haney, his chin, his punching ability, his boxing ability late if a, in a close fight with George Cambosis and it turns into a dogfight? Because at that point, it's 50-50. Nobody knows who's winning. And George Cambosis' corner tells him, hey, we might be down. Jump on him. Haney can't go anywhere. We, also, we all know that Cambosis has good footwork. And a, and a chin, and a chin, and a, and a chin. Do you trust Devin Haney in that situation to really think he could survive and be 
the guy at the lightweight division? Just you know, you guys can elaborate, but really just a yes or no question. Just but you guys Hell no, I don't trust him. I don't trust him right now. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, man. I love Devin Haney. Y'all remember that was my first pick. First pick yeah. of the draft. I wanted Devin Haney, thought he'd be the guy. What you got? I don't trust him right now. You gotta earn that. I ain't gonna lie, man. If you force me to the 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 front of the the Caesar's Palace uh, sports book, <laughs> and I got to put money on it, I ain't gonna lie. I I, I wouldn't trust it either. I, I wouldn't trust. Not because it's skill, man. I, I can see all him, of that like you said, J. Bob. I, I I actually could see him up on the cards, right, but when right. it gets down to those championship rounds, and we know what kind of chin Cambosos has. Ooh, it might get dicey, man. I ain't gonna lie. Right. I, I wouldn't quite trust it right now. So, so, so speaking of that, I'm gonna transition to a fighter that people would probably, you would probably trust. And he just had a fight. It was next day, weird on a Sunday, but you know, nonetheless, action packed. Some people felt like, and you know, it was a draw. And I think when you're complaining, oh, the fight should have been a draw, your fighter probably lost. Let's just keep it 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is Javante Tank Davis versus Isaac Cruz in a very Usa, competitive Usa, fight. Usak, Isak, uh, Isak Cruz. Yeah, Isak Cruz. I'm yeah. trying to correct you, and I'm wrong in this. Wrong as hell. Yeah, Isak. So, so I, JD, I'm gonna kick this to you first. What is you? What is your takeaway from the fight? Was it just a bad style matchup for Tank, um, or, or or is is Cruz really uh, going to be a problem at you know 135, 130 pound division? Go ahead, JD. Um, I, I'll be honest, man. I think personally, from from what I witnessed, I believe it was just a, a bad style matchup. Um, Javante Tank Davis stands all of five foot five. Isak Cruz <laughs> stands all of five foot four. I'm almost. I, I would almost bet my money that Javante Tank Davis probably can't even remember, recollect, you his, name it, right. the last time. He fought, sparred anybody who was shorter than him, and he was the taller man looking down at the other dude having to box and fight at a distance and keep him off of him. So I really think it was just a unique situation where you had such a short, uh, excellent come-forward fighter that was able to, for once, we saw somebody able to get under Javante Tank Davis. So I I think it was just awkward for Tank to have somebody who was coming under him when he's usually the fighter who's used to being under the taller fighter. And so I think it was just an awkward fight for him. I think he did enough um, excellent work as far as clean punching to where he deserved the victory. Um, Isak Cruz, by no stretch do I believe that he won the fight at all. I do think sometimes, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You know, when you're Javante Tank Davis and Floyd Mayweather and the money team, you know, have done an excellent job of uh, publicizing you as an excellent KO artist. I think everybody's expectation anytime you step in the ring is going to be to see somebody get dropped to the canvas and possibly get knocked out. And then when you couple that with the fact that Isak Cruz really, even though he probably may be better than a Roly Romero, he was a replacement. So you already know the, the notion that the public is going to have when you're fighting a last-minute replacement, and then this last-minute replacement goes 12 rounds with you, and you don't drop him. I think naturally a lot of people do the expectation are automatically going to give Isak Cruz a little bit more credit than probably you would have given him 
if you knew his name and you had higher expectation of Isak Cruz. But overall, man, I, I just think it was a bad style matchup, uh, in my opinion. I don't think Javante Tank Davis is probably going to fight anybody else in the near future who's going to be shorter than him that he's going to have to jab and punch down at trying to outbox at length. So I, I think it's just an odd matchup for him, but he got through it. And he was able to, to win the fight. And the last thing I'll say, too, for Isak Cruz, because two judges had the fight, 115-113, which it shows you how close the fight was. Now, where I, I say that Isak Cruz simply didn't do enough and he didn't win is because when we got to the championship round, the, the ultimate championship round of the 12th round, everybody observing could clearly see that Javante Tank Davis's left hand, I believe, was absolutely messed up he was he couldn't punch with it at all and if you're Isak Cruz in that moment you can't let Tank outbox you literally with one hand yeah he literally in the 12th round outboxed yeah. Isak with one hand and so when you let a fighter do that to you I'm sorry and you know you are the b-side and the last minute replacement you got to finish the show and at least put a little doubt in people's mind, but you, you can't claim that you won when the 12th round, he beat you with one hand. Judging by the scorecards, that could be precisely what lost him the fight. Exactly. Draw, so. Exactly. Right. Q, what you got on? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I I think, and I'm glad you said that about his hand because uh, I think he said the sixth round. And I seen actually when he went to the corner and his, his trainer was like, because he was saying his, he, he was hurt. And the trainer was like, hey, I know what's going on. He said, you can hurt, you can hurt tomorrow. You can hurt all next week. Right. Do what I needed to do. You know what I'm saying? And so, and I actually saw his hand today. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw it, but his hand was, it's crazy swole. I don't know if it's, if it's uh, cause you know, he's our Cruz had that. He, he, he come in with his head down like ball right. bull on Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. With his guard up. And, and, and like we say, the height, he had to, he punching down on top of his head. And he say he, he probably broke a knuckle or two. And it was, it was definitely, um, swole up like that. But either way it go, um, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a crazy style matchup, and I was thinking, you know, with the height and everything, it could go two ways, you know, because he had like five five and a half inches of reach, like I mentioned. But you know, somebody like that that that's small and shifty, with you know what I'm saying, guard up, head down, it's hard to catch him with a jab. Like the jab is what you you know, that's the range, mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, it wasn't that type of fight. He came in a shifty, moving, small target, and he was bringing it, you know. So, uh. Tank had to play Matador like he said he was gonna do. You know, he had to off, with his with his feet. He had to be shifty, move, uh, use ring generalship, and um, he saw it wasn't there to be hit like a typical. You know, we talked right. the, the Mexican style. No, he wasn't a flat footed. He definitely wasn't a flat footed. Come forward, he wasn't no zombie. You know what I'm saying? He he was you know shifty like he he was a pretty. You know, hey, he, hey, and he, I gotta give Esau credit right quick, man. To your point, Q, I gotta admit, man, he definitely studied the tape of Javante Tane Davis's uppercuts. I mean, there was at least about yeah. three or four uppercuts yeah. that oh, yeah. he, he saw Cruz he did a oh, good job yes. of, of catching yes. the uppercuts Instinct, and avoiding yes. that, that devastating uh, Leo Santa Cruz bomb no doubt, no doubt. That, that he was trying and, to land. And he even threw some himself. is definitely a talent. But go ahead, Keith. I, I, go ahead. My what I didn't like now, what I didn't like, because I feel like this fight, it was a very close fight. Um, and when it was all over, you know, um, there's Tank. What he what about a rematch? He was like, hell no, nah. mm -hmm. they don't need a rematch. 
I was like, man, this was this was a this was a close ass fight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, okay, um, you know, injury and all that happened, but still it was a close fight, and I just feel like the hell no part. I understand where we'll I I'd rather we will go back and see, but he did say hell no, you know what I'm saying? He probably did, you know, I and, Go ahead, you and, finished. And I could understand that, you know what I'm saying? Why why do that when, you know, but end of the day, man, I, I just like to see you go back and clean it up, man. I, I like to see you go back and um. So so, reason why I appreciate that, and it's a it's a breath of fresh fresh air for me, is because Evander Holy. Everybody know how tough Evander Holyfield was, mm. and when Deontay Wilder rematched Luis Ortiz, Evander Holy, I don't know why you do that. Sometimes you got you just got to stay away. <laughs> when you win, boy, you better ride yeah. on up the road. And, 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 and so, and then you look at a Manny Pacquiao, right? Kept giving Marquez yes. shot after shot. If you give a fighter enough chances, the only thing that can happen is he gets better and beats you, right? That, that you, you, you know, especially if it's a close fight. Um, we've seen what happened with Roy Jones. Roy Jones got that decision over, you know, uh, Tarver by winning those championship rounds. Should let it go after that. But the reason why I appreciate it is because Tank is like, look, I got bigger and better things. He's a bad style matchup. And I think he acknowledged so much so once when he said that. So I appreciate his honesty because like he was a replacement fighter. Are you gonna really do you really want to go back in and rematch with a replacement fighter uh, in a close fight? Um he, he has nothing to gain by that, especially when consensus is and you're going to have some fans and detractors there always are going to be people in a close fight that you know are on either side of a decision um but for the most part most box people understand what they saw very tight fight very close fight and you keep it moving um sometimes it happens like that i mean we we've seen you know um marcos maidana got beat by amir khan got dropped and beat by amir khan but marcos maidana gave mayweather hell Right, so sometimes guys are just bad style matchups, and Tank is like, yeah, he's a bad style matchup, because I even I'll say this to, and I, and I'll go up in weight class to the apex predators. That was what's that's Klitschko's problem, right? America, won that fight. Yeah, he beat Marcus Maidana. Yep. Oh, he dropped ran him early with a body shot too. Yeah, I'm okay, okay, because I know yeah, he dropped he dropped him with a liver punch like early. Yeah, dropped him early. Yep. He, okay, and, okay. And he held on. He held on to win that fight. Okay, okay. My, my my thing is, I, and, and I was going to say it works the same way with 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 uh, uh, Vladimir Klitschko in that it wasn't the fact that he wasn't used to being the bigger fighter when he fought Tyson Fury. He didn't know how to fight like the smaller man, right? And that's why one of the things when you saw when he fought Tyson Fury, he was so inactive, he was baffled. He didn't understand how to pressure a guy as a smaller man. On the flip side of that, we could see Tank didn't know really how to handle a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to be the bigger man. He was so used to being the smaller fighter, it really dumbfounded him. And he was probably like, hell, no, nah, I ain't doing that again. And the reason why is because what JD said, he'll probably never fight a guy that size again. Mm-hmm. But all hats off to Isak Cruz, very talented. He made a name for himself and... um. We probably won't see Tank versus Isak again, but um, I want to see what Roly does if he gets his stuff straight. And but I, I have a feeling that um, T 
TMT, the money team, will, will serve up Rolly the tank before they give him the Esox. So, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then the other thing I'll say too, uh, to your point about giving Esox a rematch, the honest truth is there's so many other fighters out there at 135 for Esox to go fight. You don't give him the rematch, you know, right, right away. You go right, let right. him, you go let, let him knock off a couple of other fighters and prove that he's really a legitimate uh contender and that Why it just wasn't tape? yeah that, that it wasn't just a one-off night where he just fought a hell of a fight you know right. almost kind of the same thing that people are going to want to see from george cambosos people right. are going to want to see if that was just a one-off night of a hell of a fight with him against Tio, or is he really the truth so you let him go fight a few other people if you're tank and then if he builds up his name then we might see tank versus Esoc too later on down the line because i think even Esoc cruz might only be like 22 23 oh, i yeah. think he's he got, another youngin he got a bright future yeah yeah so right. so we got another uh another young contender so yeah i, I don't think you do that right away yeah the mayweather and the money team they got a plan for tanking it's not re rematching isak but um speaking oh, of mayweather man it brings us to uh the next portion of our show which is connect or with. with now i will i'll preface this by saying you know we're fair and balanced it doesn't matter what flag you fly or if you can fight and you're honorable dude we love you and we love the sport of boxing so we do get a little bit of hate for talking about canelo but we keep it 100 we, we, we keep it 100 right hey, Which love. Me to my hey. first connector with connector with mayweather is wrong about his comments on canelo versus makabu to give some of the fans a, a background basically mayweather said uh he's cherry picking a guy who was getting beat up in my gym mm -hmm. by non-champions and it's really nothing anybody wants to see so yeah and when that's coming from a guy that beat you you kind of got to give it some credit so connected with mayweather was wrong for those comments go ahead jd uh nah man that's a that's a c-o-n-n-e-c-t that's a connect <laughs> for me man like I, I absolutely agree with mayweather a thousand percent and here's the other thing and i'm glad that mayweather exposed that particular part even though you know it's not not usually talked about what goes on in different gyms but i'm glad he said it only because the thing that we know that uh a canelo alvarez does is you know he did his research man you know the same way right, May right, mayweather right. know how macabre is done in sparring and look certain places you know that through the grapevine canelo and his team know what's up and so i don't have a problem with him saying that because at the end of the day the real biggest thing i think even going to a larger point of what mayweather was saying is i think he's one of those people speaking out against all this love that we see canelo alvarez getting we don't see love getting given to other fighters who deserve it like there's other fighters who deserve love and they're not getting it but canelo can do catch weight after catch weight canelo can test positive for steroid yeah i said it again fan a and b sample he he he, he, he tested positive for steroid. right and then he can continue to navigate the way he is and everybody keeps riding for him and praising him and man i'm gonna let y'all get into what the wbc said i don't even want to talk about that right y'all remember what the wbc mm -hmm. said we, we, we gotta say that for the last connection yeah, all right we'll say that one but man yeah I, I agree with i agree with mayweather a thousand percent man for real what you got on the queue i agree with what he said man you know and i like that he said it you know what i'm saying but you know mayweather 
<sighs> you know Mayweather. You know Mayweather be trolled. My thing. This is what I want to say. When you the money man, Mayweather would know this because he's been he's been that. You know the money right. man and. He earned, you know, and in many eyes, they feel like Canelo earned the right. Canelo's done a whole lot in the sport throughout throughout the pandemic. He's been he's been active. He's been fighting, you know. And honestly, if it wasn't for the steroids, mm-hmm. the A and B samples, I really wouldn't even um, go at Canelo. You know what I'm saying? I really just sit back and just let Canelo do what he do. You know what I'm saying? But that's one thing that hurt me that nobody talks about on mainstream media. You know, that's why I'm I'm happy that somebody. As a figurehead like Mayweather, you know what I'm saying? Even though, you know, if he have any type of agenda behind it, you know, it's the truth, though. It is the truth. And um, I like that he spoke on Boots Ennis and talked about the fighter that they don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a connect, man, you know. But I just got to just got to say that part also, you know, because uh, Mayweather, Mayweather, hey, he done done the same thing. You know what I'm saying? But that's my hey. You know, Mayweather, I, I love him as a retired hey. fighter right now and, and what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Hey. He's one of the hey. best fighters ever fight. And and just a quick add on Just a quick add on I'll throw about you uh, J-Box And then part of why Mayweather's saying that too Is because he's imagining Dog Y'all know how y'all would've did me If I ever test positive oh, For no anything doubt, no doubt. Y'all know how y'all would've they, did they, me They would've loved for him to Right, so, so so that's also kind of The bitter part of Mayweather Why he says it Cause but, he's like Y'all would've but, did me dirty But After after uh, When we was in Atlanta For the Tank Tank versus uh, Leo Santa Cruz fight um, was it Santa Cruz? That's fight was that? No, nah, that was Mario Mario's. 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 Yeah, my mm-hmm. bad. So, what did what did they say after the Mario Barrios fight about Tank fighting? What did Mayweather say that pissed the whole boxing world out? We gonna oh, keep it in house. We gonna keep it in house. So I mean, you know, and that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of better competition out there. You know what I'm saying? Rep- reputable names. And this is something I'm gonna keep saying because. You go out there and you fight these people that we don't know sooner or later. And we seeing it. You know, you're going to get clipped. You're going to be in a close fight. You're going to be in a controversial fight. Win or lose or draw. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you know, but that's, that's the business of boxing. And that's that's the the Bloods, Crips, East Coast, West Coast. You know what I'm saying? All these different entities that, 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 that you know, separated. And, you know, that's just what it is. But uh, that's where we at with it, man. I want to see and, the best fight. I want, to, I want to see the big names fight each other. And, and of course, and, and I, you know, like I said, uh, nobody questions anybody's talent in boxing, when you, especially when you're talking about the top tier guys. We all know their talents. We're not taking away anything away from them. Um, but I do hear a lot of, you know, we, we, we read the comments at the bottom and I see a lot of people make a lot of, you know, bombastic comments. But I, 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 it, for those of you who love Canelo, um, please shut me up. Please just name me one fighter who's gone up this high in weight and his power is transferred this well I, I, I usually the knockouts stop Canelo went from saying I'm not a true middleweight fighting the catchweights that's why he fought Amir Khan at a catchweight because I'm not a true middleweight so oh, I'll never go above, might be a catchweight. To, 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 to I'll never go above mm-hmm. 175 to now he's up to 175 so he went from not a true middleweight to predicting he's going to be knocking out all these super middleweights right that's what he said oh he you know he stopped using his jab if you really watch canelo fight it's head movement head movement he really fights a lot like tank which is fine because tank fights at 135 but i'm like damn you doing that at 175 
And I, 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 I would, I would, it would stand a reason that he's going to fight the same way with Makabu unless there's something we don't know. So I'll leave that there. That's a question for YouTube, Twitter sphere, anybody. You guys can give me a fighter whose power is transferred this many weight classes. Um, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Because so, so that, to that point, which, to that point, you know what I'm saying? Because, and this was something that they was trying to use against Pacquiao. You know what I'm saying? They were trying to use against Pacquiao because Pacquiao came from what? 105, 106. Um, Pacquiao's anyways, knockout slowed down tremendously when he got the welterweight. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, I mean he finally he got the stoppage against no and, and Matisse. Matisse, yeah, Matisse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that and it was, was like um, what it was it? Miguel Cotto, um, and Matisse. Wasn't it like the only two? Because uh, no, no, he, he ended up get, he, he got he got Ricky Hatton, but Ricky Hatton was a hundred. Ricky Hatton, what? Well. They fought? Didn't they fight at one forty? They fought at light no, they, 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 they were both small welterweights that came up. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, so, yeah. So, 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 not to, not not to belabor this point. We're gonna move on to the next connector with man. We can go on for days about this because there's so many layers to boxing, man. But we ain't gonna hold y'all too much. We're gonna move on to the next connector with fellas. Connector with Teal Health Scare makes you look at his loss against Cambosis differently. Go ahead, Q. Hell no. Hell no, don't make me look at it different. Let me tell you something. If you want to say you couldn't breathe, you got asthma, bro. Like you had you had all that time to whine. He didn't have to pause and catch a breath when he was whining about he, how he won the fight at the end of it. And then another thing, well, you never know. He he could have had some oxygen cut off because he said he won eleven to two. Now don't don't do him like that. He did have yeah. some <laughs> part of the oxygen that went. His brain. He did say that he did. Oh, Right. So hey hey T.O. Don't get mad at me. You still one of my favorite fighters. I'm just I'm just messing around. Go ahead Q. Yeah T.O. You still dope. You a dope fighter man. But you know you got to eat this crow man. Um so and the same energy he had. <laughs> the same energy that he had with uh with with, with Lomachenko when Lomachenko lost, you said Wada was a bitch. I own up, own up to your loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, that's that's just had, had the same energy right now. Right, right. I can't talk too much trash though. I I, I love Tio. He, he he's slowly becoming one of my favorite fighters. So go ahead. If you done, Q, go ahead. What, what you got? Oh, JD? I'm done. Uh, uh, for me, nah, man. It, it's a whiff too. Um, I I I really don't put much. Um, stock into I, I do believe he was injured. I do believe he suffered like, from injuries. Like um, but I, I sort of look at that whole scenario as you know him having gone into the fight with possibly an injury from sparring, and then when you get beat like that with Cambosos, yeah, it's gonna jack you up even worse than just like a little sliver in your esophagus that they say could have possibly you know been the trigger. But I think for me, more Damn, of the, punch him in the throat too. Yeah, well, what they say no, the no, whole no, no. thing they started saying he with like killed a, a me if he punched him in the throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no. but but what I'm but what I do think I was actually just being it, funny. It, 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 and here's the part, and bro, here's the part. Honestly, that I really think mess with To more than the the physical ailments. I think is the mental ailments. To Fima Lopez. When you look at the things that were going on in his life, I really don't see how he really was honestly in a good space when it came to this fight. When you look at the separation from his wife, them having the young son, um, him being down to some of his last dollars, you know, in the bank account. When you look at the mental health issues that he had as far as having thoughts of self-harm. Due to all the stress and the beef between his family and his wife and all that drama and that circus that was going on. 
Then you talk about, again, with the, the monetary issue. Then you talk about how Tio was discussing how he was squeezing down to 135. And because of his money being jacked up, he couldn't even afford the nutritionist that he typically had because his money was so low. So he, he spent 250000 though. He couldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he spent, but but even when it as it kept getting postponed, well, he said yeah, he yeah. sort of ran yeah. out of money no to really keep up that rigorous type of diet with them in the house with him. So I think it was a lot of stuff outside of the physical ailment that got him in. I really think it was Tio's mental, in my opinion, as to what really held him back in that fight against Cambosos. But I'm glad he's moving up, but I do think. Tio can bounce back and still be an excellent fighter. I'm not one that he want to get that, rid of his dad. That, yeah, I, I don't think that one in. loss, one loss, any fighter should ever be written off. I, I think you have an opportunity to avenge uh, losses and salvage your career by getting back on track. Yeah, you, and, and most, you think he's gonna be able to do it without making a change in his corner? I don't mean like get rid of his dad, but similar to what um, who was it? Devin Haney. What Devin, Devin Haney, Haney yeah. did. Yeah. Like bring somebody else in, like right, 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 right. Yeah, that would else be a good move. That would be a good uh, move. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna say this. Um, you know, and, and that was the first thing I thought of when I saw Tio get knocked down. I was like, he didn't react like the T. Not Tio. I grown to be like this is one of my favorite. Fight. He, he, he wasn't that Tio. He, he looked like, okay, I can't lose this fight. And he didn't. He may have not have panicked in the sense that, oh, he 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 didn't react a certain way. It didn't look like he was thinking in the ring, right? And that's what I that's what I meant when I saw it. He didn't make any adjustments really. He started jabbing to the body a little bit, but it looked like he was just going off of instinct at that point. It doesn't look like he was thinking. It didn't look like his head was there. And I was I, I told I told JD I think it was the next day after. I was like, man, I wasn't the same to you. You know, that wasn't not and and and, and credit to Cambosis. I'm not taking anything away from Cambosis because you gotta be a talented fighter mm -hmm. to beat a great fighter like Tio on a on, on his off night, right? You can't just be some Joe Smo and no come doubt. in there and beat Tio. You gotta be a good boxer. Like George Cambosis got the goods. But I'm just saying I, I told you know, and I'll say this and I'll tell you about it. Listen, that was not the best version of Tio we, we, we could see that night. Right. That 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 I didn't believe that, but at the same point in time, what you were saying, Q, no, he has to get get a completely new team. And and we're going to extend this connector with, and I apologize, but I have to say this. You know, I understand, like, we all have fathers and, and we all have family. The, the pressure that that young man is under, I don't think a lot of people read the story. I think it was after he won his first title against Comey. It was a defense or whatnot. He had a panic attack. He had a panic attack. This dude suffers from anxiety, and his team his family is not a great support system you can't sometimes it's okay to mix family and business this isn't this is not one of those cases he can't have his I, he can because that's his father and family first but if you're chasing the bag and you're the young man that's carrying carrying the team and you gotta have a better care team. your whole family yeah you got you got you gotta have a better team you're the cash cow you gotta have a better team in your corner doesn't mean you don't love your dad but it, it, you, you gotta part ways and really, 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 because anybody who thought it was a good idea to hold on when you got the WBC franchise belt, and we'll get in this in the last connector with that basically gives you the right to fight anybody you want to anywhere, anytime, any place. And your team thought it was a good idea for you to spend two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to defend some belts that nobody really cared about. People cared about Tio more than they cared about the belts 
Tio was getting to that point to fight a guy nobody had really heard of to stay at 135. Nothing was smart about that. You spent $250,000 to stay at a weight you shouldn't be at to fight a guy nobody heard of to lose. Whoever on your team thought that was a good idea needs to be fired. So with that being said, I hope I didn't really offend nobody. If I did, I don't care. Y'all watching. So we appreciate the hate just like we appreciate the love. So moving on to the next connector with connector with. And this is apropos for, for ending off the connector with the sanctioning bodies are hurting boxing connector with. Go ahead, J.D. Man, if that ain't the biggest connect that I could ever give to that man, the sanctioning bodies. All right. So here's the, the, the issue with the sanctioning bodies. Right. The issue with the sanctioning bodies is that I'm going to keep it 100, man. It's all about payola. Point blank, period. Like, there's no reason to skirt around it. There's no reason to to kind of uh, sugarcoat it. We're dealing with a absolute crazy political structure where fighters simply move up the chain based off of who they can rub shoulders with and who they can possibly pad pockets with, who they can, who they can get money with at, at, at the same time, do a bit doing business together. We all have heard the stories of how top rank, I believe, top rank is more buddy buddy with the WBO. You know, that's kind of the sanctioning body that's really, really aligned with Bob and them. Um, you know, you hear of you know Al Heyman, um, I say Golden Boy and them. You hear about them really being aligned with the WBC. You know, and so and on and on you hear about these different promoters being aligned with certain sanctioning bodies. And a lot of it is all just a political structure for certain fighters to move their way up the ladder. Now, one of the most critical and this is the most critical thing that is hurting boxing in general is the fact that with each sanctioning body, if you hold a belt. In another sanctioning body, you cannot be made a mandatory fighter to a title in another under another sanctioning body. So, for example, uh, you could have a fighter who's holding the WBC belt. Right. And then you could have another fighter who is holding a WBA, WBO belt. Right. And both of those fighters will not be on the other sanctioning bodies. A top contenders list so essentially for us as boxing fans you end up with situations like what Demetrius Andre is about to go through I can't even remember the dude that now uh whatever sanction about they've given him a mandatory to fight and he's dude's ranked number eight How right and the work? dude's ranked number eight so unfortunately so unfortunately instead of him having to fight a Charlo a Triple G somebody who fans really want to see him fight they can just keep farming up names under that belt as mandatories. And at the end of the day, it just <laughs> is what it is. And that's what can continuously keep happening in boxing, which is up putting it on the fighters to where if the fighters who are holding the belts don't want to fight each other, the honest truth is they really don't have to fight each other. They don't have to give us the fights that they want. So I think, the sanction of bodies because they don't rank everybody, even if they're a champ, right? Under other sanction of bodies, they're really hurting boxing. And then you have scenarios like Virgil Ortiz, right? 
You got Virgil Ortiz, who at this point, I believe this dude might be top five under every sanctioning body. Now, I'm going to keep it real. As young as Virgil Ortiz is, I love him, and I believe he's up. I believe he's on the come up, and I believe he is going to dominate boxing at some point, along with Jerron Boots Ennis. There's no way in the world he's done enough that in all sanctioning bodies, Virgil Ortiz Jr. is a top five contender, which you already know at this point, I'm going to keep it real. There's politics and payola. At this point, because remember, he will completely fall off everywhere else once he gets one of those titles. Once Virgil Ortiz Jr. gets one of those titles, he magically is no longer a top contender to any other title. And it just becomes, will he ever fight anybody? So, again, it's all about money and politics and how you can finagle and finesse and move up these different sanctioner bodies. And they each are just throwing money at each sanctioner body, trying to move their way up the list. And I think that's really hurting boxing, the fact that we can't have champions fight champions due to them not being on a top contender on, on other lists. What you got, Nicky? Connect it's connecting, man. It's, it's <laughs> a connect. Uh, fully agree with everything you just said. Uh, basically, like the Jay-Z intro, man, back in the days, man. Fuck you, pay me. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Bodies we here hostage, you know, the fans, you know. But that's what it. That's what it is. Yeah, and 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 I and I'm a, I'm a just gonna because I feel passionate about this, um, and 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 this even goes back to my Spence argument. It's pre precisely for that reason you can't fault fighters for playing the game. Sanctioning bodies go on forever. Fighters have a very finite amount of time where they are at their most, uh, their the the strongest earning power, and so for me, man, it, it it's it's BS that, and it's emblematic of what happened during the pandemic, where we could see UFC still come together and get organized and put on fights, ranking other champions and other. Sanctioning bodies sounds too much like boxing working together. Mm. Way too much like boxing working together. Could because what that does is, and, and I'll expound upon what, what JD mentioned, what that does is you can't get all the belts unless you beat that be the champion. Like if you literally so if you got the WBO, the IBA, you know, and the WBA or the WBC or whoever, if it's if you're mandatory, is the WBC champion? Well, guess what? Hey, there's, there's no excuse at that point. There's no there's no mandatory. Like, imagine making other champions mandatories. And and even even across the board. Like, not like, oh, you know, the WBC has a power to no, no, no. If you have a belt, you should be ranked in the top two, three, four. And then that's when we get the that's how we get the fights we want. But what what it get what it lends itself to is this, is a situation where Spence and Crawford, where where you can pick what belt you want, and now you can still be technically Keith Thurman says this fight says, says all the time you can hold three belts. I think it's the IBF, WBC, and the uh, um, WBA belt, WBO, and technically WBO be undisputed. Mm -hmm. That's not undisputed, not in the four belt era. Like era. So I I mean it's really something where I say and 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 I, I don't I'm not giving Spence a pass for doing this. But it's playing the game, right? It's playing the game the way they have 
set it up. And it's really BS because at the end of the day, man, there's no reason why. And this is even the boxing networks. ESPN does this. Everybody does this. Where they operate in a bubble like, you know, somebody's not fighting on Showtime. And ESPN, and, and it's just amazing to how, no, it's worldwide news when there's a big fight, no matter if it's on Showtime, Top Rank. And these factions that you have in boxing is really killing it. And I think spearheading it is the sanctioning bodies. And, I, and I'm really disappointed in it. And well, I, I, I'm not disappointed. I'm not surprised. I'm just sick of it. And that's a simple fix. Sanction body. Start ranking these champions in your in your rankings, too. Don't put them at the top of your list like they're untouchable and grayed out. No, put them at, put them as contender because because that's how we unify belts. But boxing doesn't really want unified undisputed champions. The fans do. But boxing don't. Everybody wants to make their money off the fans all we cry to get the fights we want. You know, and at the end of the day, man, you know, we complain. We, you know, boxing's like a family. We love it. So, you know, we can't really, you know, harp too much on it without acknowledging the fact that we still love the sport. We love what the fighters do. And hopefully, y'all love the commentators. And when I say commentators, I mean us. And yeah. so, as I always say, man, hopefully, y'all love us. Like, we love y'all. We love y'all. It's Boxing Vibes TV, baby. Take us out, fellas. Yeah, all right, you already know, man. Stream this pod 85. 85, we baby. Clo- we getting close to 2022, man. It's about Ooh. that time, man. We're about to wrap up the year. I mean, yeah. I mean, stay tuned, man. We gotta put a we gotta put a top funnest moments, man. You know what I mean? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> everybody we gotta put in about three or four weeks. See, see yeah. what we come up with, man. Y'all check it out. Hopefully by New Year. Most definitely. One thousand, baby.